You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. Gentlemen, this is Randall Beatley, your host, and this is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Let's just dive on in. This episode, um, we're not going to review any programming or any of that. Um, or we're we're gonna do. Uh, I found a interesting TikTok that I wanted to do, like a reply to. But I thought, let's just make a whole episode of it. I can explain myself a little better. So it's basically, the idea is, if you were in charge of WWE, if you were made in charge of WWE, what would you change? Now, let me explain why I feel like an ep- this d- deserves an episode. Once, For the first thing is actually that... Um, I'm able to explain myself a little bit more because there's a lot I would do. I'm gonna be honest. Like I love WWE, and this isn't saying that there's a lot wrong with WWE. It's that I think there's more that we could do with WWE to make it a little bit better. Um, and so with TikTok, in order to stitch, like in order to hear the stitch, you can only do a 60 second video, and 60 seconds it's not allowed to explain what I would do. Um, and then if you do the three minute video, you don't hear the stitch. And again, three minutes is still not enough to explain what I would do if I became the person who got to make decisions at WWE. Cause I've always said this, if like, I've always said like, if I was made president, I would do a lot on day one. Day one would be a busy day for me as president of the United States. There's a lot that I would do, um, to, to set the scene and set the scales for me to have a successful presidency, right? And I think there's a lot that I would that I would do that uh, to to sort of refresh the brand and 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 set the scene for what a Randall Beatley run WWE would look like. Um, and so we're gonna take the next like 30, 40, maybe an hour. To, uh, to discuss what would I do if I was in charge of WWE. And this is a complex thing because there's a lot that WWE does that I think is fine. But there's also a lot that WWE does that definitely needs improvement on. And so, um, so the first thing I would do when I get there, right... Randall Beely announced as, you know, CEO of WWE, he gets to make his own decision. He gets to make the final decision. You know, Vince McMahon steps down. None of the family wants. I don't know what the situation would be that I would be the one, you know, in charge. Um, but I am now in charge. So what happens to the WWE? 
Well, immediately, really nothing. Um, it's very bad to make immediate changes. Um, so, immediately, like on day one of me and the company, I may make internal changes um, and announce changes to the roster, but nothing would change in terms of the product that you see on day one. Because it, it would just you gotta make the you gotta make it flow into this new change. So I would switch the product um, to TV 14. Um, th now this isn't a oh I'm only doing this so we can get more extreme matches or more blood and matches. I'm actually not a fan of blood and matches, and I'm not a fan of the extreme sort of you know uh, CZW style match. I'm not a you know. GCW Nick Gage style match. I'm not a big fan of those. I'm not. Um, and so me going PG-14 has nothing to do with that. Me going PG-14 would have everything to do with being able to tell more in-depth storylines that sort of attract adults to watch. That way, so so here's the situation, right? You want to attract the kids because the kids bring the adults. But the adults buy the tickets, right? And so the adults are really, like, if you want to keep the adult audience to keep coming back, and when the kids become adults, right, you have to give them something to stay for. Um, and I feel like WWE does a very good job appealing to kids, but they do a very awful job appealing to adults who want to stay invested in the product. But they, they, really, I mean, that... That key market is really missing um, engagement and in, 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 in product in WWE that's for them. Now, I don't necessarily believe the key market anymore in our world is the 18 to 49 that Tony Khan likes to, to brag about winning all the time. I don't think that's the key market, 18 to 49. I think it's more so the 20, um, I think it's like 21 to 53 or something like that. Uh, 25 to 55. I think that's the key market in television now. That should be the market we cater to because people are living longer. Um, and with that comes, you know, especially in wrestling, what, you know, the people who watch in the Attitude Era, right? If they were, you know, in their 20s in the Attitude Era, they're now in their 40s, 50s. Um, if they were, you know, in, you know, like a parent of a kid in the Attitude Era, maybe they were like 30, 32, 35, right? They're now in their 50s, pushing 60. And then if you were the kid, you're now in your teens, I don't, uh, early 20s, late 20s, pushing 30. And so you should be pushing that 25 to 55 age group as the key market. And I feel that way about a lot of television. Um... That should be the key market. That's just, first off, for me. But even still, you have to attract your teenagers and your, you know, early adulthood, uh, a, you know, college-age students as well to want to engage in the product. Um, and so TV14 allows you to do more depth in storylines. It allows you to do a little bit more. And, and this this is where I think, I think a lot of the things that I would change will piss off social justice warrior members of the WWE universe. Um, PG-14 will allow me to 
I'm not going to say objectify, because that's not at all what the, the mission is, is to objectify women. No, it's to sort of sexualize women. You don't even have to sell sex. Sex sells itself, right? And so, to me, Mandy Rose's run as NXT champion has been more successful than, you know, Bianca Belair. And Bianca Belair is a better wrestler, and Bianca Belair is better on the mic in my opinion. Bianca Belair is, I think, a better superstar. But in terms of drawing fans to watch the product, I think Mandy Rose's gimmick of being the sort of sex idol... Like, like you, there, there's literally been episodes where the only thing you've seen of Mandy Rose is her in a bikini in the pool. And that will draw eyes to the product more than Bianca Belair in the ring fighting, whipping her hair around. Which, I get nothing wrong with Bianca Belair. And so, I would pull the women's roster together, and I would say, look, this isn't to be sexual. This isn't to sexualize you guys. It is, or to objectify you as only sexual, because we're still going to let you guys wrestle. We're still going to book you as strong individuals, but there's nothing wrong with being sexual at the same time. Right? And... And it's not going to be all of you. It's only going to be some of you, right? And and who, you know, this is to draw the main audience. Who's the main audience of wrestling? Still, men, right? The main audience of wrestling shows for them. Now, women, uh, women are not that far behind in terms of, you know, watching power. But women still like to see other women. And I, I can right. And it's not like, oh, we're just going to sexualize the women. Give the women what they want to see, too. There's a, there's a lot of men on the roster who, you know, would love to see storylines with, you know, maybe Seth Rollins or something like that as sort of like a, a sex symbol, right? Um, again, you don't have to sell sex. Sex sells itself. Um so that's the first thing, PG-14. The second thing is I'm going to NBC Universal and saying, hey, we're taking NXT off, off of network television. We're putting it on Peacock exclusive. Now, this will piss a lot of people off, but <clears throat> we're doing this, and here's right, it'll get people to buy Peacock. It'll get people to use Peacock. Because how many of y'all who have a Peacock subscription actually use Peacock? Right, y'all keep Peacock just to watch the pay-per-views. But there's a lot of good programming on there. Um, outside of WWE. And I think it's a very good deal for, you know, I get the version without ads and it's like 10 something after tax. And, <clears throat> it, it, I mean, there's way, there's a lot of stuff on there outside of WWE, you know, even within the WWE section of Peacock for $10 a month, well, well worth it. Um, and so we're putting NXT and this is why this is, this, I would, Keep NXT as a uh, developmental promotion. This That's all it's going to be. We're going to put new stars in there. We're going to train them. We're going to put them on NXT. When, when we feel they're ready, they're getting called up to the main roster. There won't be anyone that like Gargano or Ciampa or Adam Cole who have four-year reigns. Right? In NXT... And, and, and we'll basically make a training camp. Like, NFL does training camp. NBA does training camp. 
MLB does spring training, right? Major sports companies do training camps, and if you don't make, if you don't prove that you can make the main roster, you're gone, right? And so I'm not going to say every six months or every three months. I think they give them 90 days, and the report basically is that NXT will do releases every 90 days. Um, I'm not. I'll give them longer than that. I'd say, look, y'all have a year. Y'all have a year to prove that you can get over. And in a year, if you can't make the main roster, and we feel that you're not ready enough to be put in a... right, Because there are people... like Let's just be honest. Angelo Dawkins, he's great. He just needed something to click. right? But he was he's been on NXT. He was on NXT for like four years and... Or at the PC for like four years before he even, you know, found... Before they paired him with Montez Ford. Same with like Madcap Moss. I wouldn't have this. That's a a long time to try to get over. And I understand you just need that one push. Um, But I'm not... I wouldn't have that. So it'd be like, hey, you're coming in, you're going to sign a year contract. And a year will, will evaluate you where we think you're at. You could be fired. You could not be renewed after that one-year contract. And I do it as a one-year contract, and it would be you have not been renewed. Not that you've been released, but that you have not been renewed. Therefore, you can immediately go sign with someone else. Um, I, I, this, On that aspect, I would remove the non-compete clause. There would be no 90-day clause, no 60-day clause, whatever. If you get released... All we ask is that, all, all I would ask is give us enough time to sort of write you off of the show. But I, like, if, and so basically what I would do is, when I do my releases, if I would, when I do releases, because releases have to happen in the in the business. You can't keep everyone on the roster. So let's just say I'm coming in, and there's, there's a lot of superstars on the main roster. I would say, eh, maybe they should have been cut. Like, one of them to me, and I know this is going to hurt somebody, but Shinsuke. Shinsuke's doing nothing important in the company right now, and I think he still has years left in his career that he can go back to Japan and and just... like Could you could you imagine a Shinsuke Nakamura re-debut at New Japan? I don't watch New Japan, but I know that that would blow the house up. Like, right? And so, I would let's just say I would go and release Shinsuke, right? I'd go to Shinsuke and say, hey, we're going to release you. Not now, but we're, we're giving you, you know, a th- I, would, I would give 30 days notice. Hey, in 30 days, you're going to be released from your contract. Over the next 30 days, we're going to write you off of television in some way, shape, or form, right? And then you can go do whatever you want to do after that, right? Um, that gives them time to find something. Granted, Shinsuke Nakamura wouldn't need a lot of time to, to, to find something, but say, hey, we're giving you 30 days notice. In 30 days' time, you will be released. Go ahead and find, you know, a new company, new work to give. Because I, I do agree, especially with the foreign athletes that get released there that are working on a visa, getting released without any time to figure out plans, that's a scary situation. So I would be more gracious in how I do that. I'd give you 30 days' notice. That way, one, I can write you off TV, and two, you could figure out your, 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 your situation, and what's going to happen in 30 days, right? I think that's the least that a company could do. Um, and so, um, 
we go PG-13. NXT would go straight to Peacock only and would be strictly de- developmental. You'd get a one-year contract. After a year, if I don't feel that you're ready for a big push or a main roster call-up, you're gone. Like, it's that simple. You're just not going to be renewed. Go go somewhere else where they take you, right? Um, and with that being said, I like the, the method in, in which WWE is hiring people for NXT. Ex-college athletes, ex-NFL athletes really have no wrestling background. And we'll train you in our image, right? Um... I, I do the same thing. We want young, impressionable, teachable talent that we can train in the WWE style. And I wouldn't change the style of WWE because it's unique to them. Um, this strictly entertainment, I wouldn't change that. Um, let's see, what else would we do if I was in charge? We would lower the amount of titles in the company. Um, and we would also redesign the titles. Um, the Intercontinental will go back to the, the white strap. It's just iconic. It's classic. It's what I grew up with. And I think it's better than what we have now. We go back to white strap, Intercontinental. I think that also get a big pop. USA title. Uh, I don't know what how we would redesign it, but we would redesign it, make it a little bit more classic looking. Um, we, would, we would go back to... Um, um, what is it? Big Gold, I think, was the, my favorite one. I don't remember which world title, but but it would be only one men's world champion. We would go to one women's world champion. We would have, so, men's world champion, Intercontinental U.S., women's world champion. I would create a mid-card women's championship. It's something that is desperately needed. This isn't the copy. Again, people say, oh, you're copying AEW. Listen, nothing in the wrestling business, nothing in the wrestling business is new. Everything is a copy of something else. The business is old as shit, just like in football, just like in baseball. Like, there's nothing new. I mean, baseball, you can reinvent some things. But, like, in wrestling, like, everything that has been done or is being done has been done, right? Everything that is being done right now has been done in the past. There's nothing new in wrestling. No matter what you try to create, I'm sure you could try to find something similar. Yes, the WWE mid-card title for the women's, it's necessary. Um, and to give the women not in the main title picture something to fight for and something to keep them relevant. Um, and then, uh, you, of course, you would have your tag team championship. And then NXT would have the titles that they have now. Um... I I would also, I would shrink the roster. I still think WWE has too many. And again, these would be like immediate cuts. Go find, uh, these would be 30-day notices. Go find somewhere to work in the next 30 days. We'll write you off TV. And if you're not on TV, go find someone to work in 30 days and we won't put you in a storyline, but just know, right, you have 30 days to find a job, right? Or, <laughs> right? It would be like, hey, like, like I really do feel that the roster is still too big. Um, and so it would be like, I would cut the roster to maybe 
50, 60 people. Um, there's no reason we need a hundred and some odd people on this roster when they're all not being used and most of them could be doing something else. The next thing that also that would help to improve talent relations is allow them to use Twitch and make and OnlyFans and Cameo and, and all of these things and they get to keep 100% of the profit. So when you do have a star, like say Selena Vega, who isn't on TV, or maybe, I'm, I, she may be here, I don't know what she's doing, but she's a Twitch, she, she, she's a gamer, she likes Twitch, you know, she could set up an OnlyFans and I'm sure would blow records out of the water. Um, the only rule I would have is promote WWE and keep it like friendly enough that, you know, you, like don't release your nudes to the, to the public Right, because that 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 looks bad to the to the brand. Like, keep keep understand you're still working for us, and you know keep it, you know, PG fourteen rating, right? Um, and you guys keep the money because at the end of the day, that's gonna bring like if you promote us on your extra social media. And I would use social media as a platform to develop storyline. Could you imagine pro like these? these promo battles on TikTok, right? I would bring in like a social media. I would hire a social media, like advocate, I guess is what I would call it. Someone that would come in and train all the employees of WWE, all the, the superstars of men, women, wrestlers, how to use TikTok and how to build your TikTok and how to, how to use Twitter correctly. I, like they would have classes on this. That way they could build storylines, right? And speaking of storylines, um, I wouldn't change the length of Raw. Everyone's like, oh, I would change Raw to two, to two hours. No, the problem is not the length of Raw. The problem is there's not enough content booked in that it just feels drawn out. Like segments just feel drawn out because they're stretching as much as they can out of it to fill the three hours. And so I would keep it three hours for Raw. And I would... Um, we would do sort of out-of-the-arena vignettes. I'm going to use Roman and Brock's feud leading into SummerSlam as an example. right? I don't want them to meet in the ring ever until they get in the ring for the match. right? I, I want you know Brock to show up on Raw one week. Roman to show up on SmackDown one week. They sort of give their their promo in the ring one week, right? I like Brock's promo he gave on Monday. He basically called Roman the tribal hog and that he kills hogs on his farm. You know how you set this up and make that worthwhile? Next Monday on Raw, do an out-of-the-arena vignette of, of Brock on his farm. Right, and there's hogs hanging from the ceiling of, of of the barn that he just killed. Right, and then like he turns to the camera and be like, "Roman, this is going to be you or something." Like Roman, you're. Ne I don't want to say Roman, you're next because that's Goldberg's thing, but like, like you get the idea. Or like Roman's whole shtick right now is that he's on the island of Re he's taking a vacation. He's going to the island of relevancy, um, and he's like on a yacht and stuff. Show me an out of the arena promo. Shoot a vignette or a promo 
from a yacht in the middle of the ocean or on some island where Roman's by himself with Paul Heyman and like they're just sitting there watching the programming and you know he's just sitting there talking about how he's better than everything that there is maybe he's watching the Usos right give some depth to Roman's character like 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 let's just like because because that I understand the critique oh he's never on the show well, he doesn't have to be in the physical arena if you give us this vignette. And I've been saying this about Brock Lesnar. Like, when Brock Lesnar had that, like, two-year-long championship reign, it felt like, um, in, like, 2016-2017, um, and everyone complained, well, he's never there, he's never there, the title's worthless. No, if they would have just put, like, an out-of-the-arena promo of Brock doing something to put him on the TV programming, it would have worked. Right? Same thing with Roman here. Like, And then you, imagine the depth you could go with Roman where, like, what if he's w- actually watching the Usos? He's watching the Usos every move. And if they mess up, right, then, like, he shows up at the arena to punish them the next week. Right? And then imagine sort of, like, because that's how you can sort of set up the turn. Because eventually, the the only way you can really end this is the Usos turning on Roman. Um, it's really the only way you can end this storyline. And so, imagine, like, it's... The pressure's just getting to him. The pressure's just getting to him. Maybe they lose, and they lose in a title match. Say, like, at Extreme Rules or whatever. Like, they lose the titles. And Roman's sitting there watching, and, and there's pressure for them to keep the, the titles because they know Roman's watching, and they lose... And now they look like like on t- on the actual show, you could show them like stressing out, right? And then the next SmackDown, Roman shows up during a Usos vignette, and Roman comes out and sort of like demeans them, and then they turn on them, talking about how they're tired of all the pressure, right? And they super both super kick Roman, and then bam, the bloodline's over. What does Roman have now without the Usos? And then that's how you can take the title off. Because a magic... Cause, cause, there's, there's your cash in. Right? Super kick to Roman. Right? Theory comes out, cash is in. You end the bloodline in a way that makes sense. And again, you could have done this if you've had these vignettes that were showing Roman, like, watching every single move that the Usos were doing. Um, cause you, you add sort of, you know, he's... Over overbearing, you know he's watching everything. You could say maybe he's super paranoid um, about losing and 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 looking bad or whatever. Like you can add death to the character. So that's things that I would do out of the arena promos and vignettes that add death to characters. Um, you know, Casey Catanzaro or well, or Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Their sort of whole gimmick is sort of. We're partiers. We like to go to concerts and raves, and but outside of the beginning vignette where they where we they introduced us to them at a rave, we haven't really seen them do that. Right, build the depth of character to have them, you know, continuously, you know, at a rave or something. Um, first off, that gimmick's stupid. Let's just be honest. Um, the sort that sort of scene, the EDM scene, is five years ago. Um. And so, you know, build the depth of character throughout of the arena promos. That's another thing that I would do. Um, 
Let's see. What what else would I do with the WWE? I don't really know if there's anything else I would do. Um, I mean, that's a lot for day one. Again, again, that would be... These would be like internal changes that would be announced to the roster that, hey, slowly over time, over the next 30, 40 days, month, month and a half, whatever, um, these changes will start happening. These aren't going to be immediate because, again, that sort of ruins the flow of what we already have going. The last thing, here we go, last thing that I would say, I just thought about this, but this is something I'm really strong about. Booking long-term. And what I mean by that is we're going to book a year in advance. Nothing changes. Unless, like, an injury happens, but then you could sort of just substitute things, right? You, I mean, if last minute changes because of an injury, that makes sense. But long-term protected storylines. And what I mean by that is and, and, and they would be booked from the from – the, we know where we want to go. We know where we want to go. Now, how do we get there? Type, type storyline. And we, so we would book from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. Where do I want to be at next year's WrestleMania? Right? And 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 so, okay, now we know where what we want to do, how, how we want that show to go. Now, how do we get there over the next year? And we'll book. And it's even like, you could even do it like three months at a time. Again, have I said this yet? I don't think I have. Another idea, and again, this is this is um this will be the part of that. Four pay per views a year: Rump, uh, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. The big four. Four pay per views a year. Um, and we would book from show to show, right? From pay per view to pay per view. Um, with sort of the short term storyline, with a with a a far out year long booking within that. Right. Um, and, uh, I would hire, I like the Hollywood writers cause they can create sort of Hollywood level TV and producing, but I would also hire people that have been in the business who understand what wrestling, um, as much as I don't like modern day wrestling, the fans today, majority of the fans like the style of wrestling that we have on AEW and Ring of Honor and New Japan. So you have to give them that. You have to give the fans what they want. And so it would be like a mix. I would mix some of that in, not a lot of it. Um, there would be segments of it, um, mostly. And, 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 and I'll say this. I would definitely have a strong mid-card. That's something I believe in, that you have to have a strong mid-card um, to promote people from the mid card to the main card to the main event scene, if you don't do a good job at building your mid card, you'll have situations like we have with Roman now, where, well, I, in in Storyland, like no one's strong enough to beat him. Realistically, like even Theory in a one on one match hasn't been booked good enough to beat Roman, which is why he needed the briefcase, right? That's why you need it, the money in the bank. Um, and so, four pay-per-views a year. We'll book from show to show with even long-term storyline booking f from year to year, right? Um, but I think that does a lot better than... And, and, and 
things don't change on a week. Like, if you know with McMahon, like, things, he could have a show book and change it on the day of the show, even while Raw is going on, right? If you have, like, a late segment in the show, he could change your segment. Um, or even pull your segment. Like, we, we would have this planned out weeks in advance. Hey, this is the storyline. I would also, I'm a big fan of these scripted promos. I really am. But, I would say, hey, they're going to be scripted in the way, like, hey, this is what this is what we want you to come across. But if you if you need to ad lib, feel free to ad lib. Um, we're not going to tell you exactly what to say for the entire promo, but this is what we want to get across, right? And then if you need to ad lib something in there to sort of get that across, we're all we're all fine with that, right? Um, and so. Yeah, that's what I would do with WWE. I I don't know if that'll make it better or worse. I really don't know, but that's what I would do. Um, and I really, I really feel that that would help the product. You you know, ultimately, what I would want to immediate, what I would want to happen with those changes is one, the titles mean something. Um, two, we have a product that is genuine realistic where you can suspend your belief and the like suspend your disbelief like we know it's not real and we know the matches are scripted we know it's tv but i want to suspend that disbelief i want to make you believe in what you're seeing i want storylines that make sense storylines that flow between each other storylines that have depth and characters I think the biggest problem in the wrestling, not just in WWE, but in wrestling today, is that there's no character development. And a lot of, and a majority of the characters on the indies, on the, on main TV, you know, AEW, WWE, ROH, Impact. I feel that a lot of characters don't have the depth of character, and any character growth, or uh, um, that that is needed to make me care about the character. Like I love Roman Reigns. I like his heel run. They haven't really done much to grow his character. He's the, he's the same as he was when he started. And again, like very simple things like put, I'm um, going on my yacht to the island of relevancy. Well, show us there, and he's watching everything. And he's critiquing the Usos, and he, right, and there's pressure, and he maybe he shows up at a show and critiques them. Said, "Bro, you almost lost it. Like, remember, if you lose, like, there's gonna be discipline, right?" Um. So things like that to, to add depth to the character, right? So I want interesting characters that have interesting stories and inner, right? Good storytelling matches, right? And ultimately, I think that would benefit the product. I don't know if it will draw more eyes to the product, um, but I think it would make the product better for those who are watching. I think we're way past the 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 time to get like if if fans if there's someone who doesn't watch WWE now I don't think there's anything you can do to get them to watch um like if they've never watched WWE in their entire life and they're in like their 30s or 40s there's nothing you're going to do to convince them to watch it right um and so I I've been a strong person the last few years of you know, we got to try to bring more fans to the product. And the more and more I think about it, 
let's not do that. Let's, or let's try to do it, but let's not focus on it. Because my biggest focus was, you know, getting back to 10 million viewers on a Monday. Like we had during the Attitude Era. And I don't think we'll ever get that, ever again. Um, and so let's book and make decisions and, 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 and go to our core audience. Um, and, and do what they want and, 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 you know, allow for the product to be marketed towards them. That way the fans that do watch don't have, you know, something negative to say and have an, uh, um, an experience that, you know, will keep them coming back. Um, and then hopefully, you know, that'll draw fans towards, you know, the product that maybe haven't watched in a while. Again, let me know what you guys think of of uh, of what my changes are and what you uh, what what you think about them. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter, and the handles are the same: I T S R B. B X T C H. It's R B bitch. And I am R B. That's Randall Beatley. I am your host of this slapping me wrestling podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. Share this with everyone that you can. Um, and I will see you guys on the next episode.